In this podcast, I'm going to outline and explain why data pipelines are absolutely essential for analytics. And furthermore, I'm going to prove to you why it's one of the best returns on your investment when it comes to analytics and making better decisions. Hey, this is Caleb, and you are listening to the Healthcare Analytics Podcast. And if you have been listening for a little while, you will know that we've been talking about analytics in healthcare, but more so, we're starting a series on different tools that you can use in healthcare. And one of the main tools that you can use is data pipelines. And it's a it's a strange thing to think about, or it may not be something that many people talk about because it's always something that works in the background. Fundamentally, a data pipeline is the way in which data moves from one place to the other. And it sounds re- really simple, but there's some complexity involved that takes some time to explain and, and iron out. But before we go into the details, I'd like to take a step back and say, why do you care about data pipelines and why is it important to you? And so the reason why it's important is because fundamentally it saves time and energy that would have been spent doing manual work. So, for example, if you have an employee or a team member who is pulling a report on a weekly basis that that takes him about him or her about three hours a week. If you just take the time that they work on it, which is one report for three hours a week, and let's say his salary or her salary is about $50,000, that comes out to about $24 to $25 an hour. So $25 times three hours is, of course, $75. So every week, you're essentially allocating $75 a week towards having this report built. And usually it requires manually pulling data from a system and putting it into an Excel sheet and then manipulating the data and then developing the report and then sending it off to you as a leader or somebody else uh, in the organization. So $75 a week may not sound like a lot, but once you multiply it by 52, it ends up being $3,900 or near $4,000. So you're spending $4,000 a year just for one report a week. That's pretty much what you're spending that money on. Now, what if you could cut down the time that that person could develop the report in half? Or what if you could get it down by more than that? What if it only takes them an hour to do so? Then instead of paying $4,000, you're paying $1,000 to have that done. But what does it take in terms of investment in order to get that return and time and money savings? And one of the best ways is to develop a data pipeline that allows you to automate that data flow process from where somebody's getting the data to where it's going. And it allows for for just a, a more automated process that cuts out the manual process. So how do you build it and how can you begin on the road towards developing a data pipeline? And usually, once you're thinking about data pipelines, it depends on the cloud infrastructure that you're building on. So if you go to our last podcast, we talked about the cloud and how cloud storage and how cloud computing is transforming the way that we do business. So if you're building your technology stack on a specific cloud computing or cloud platform, like Azure, for example, Microsoft Azure, then 
usually that platform will have built-in tools that allow you to easily build a data pipeline. So for example, right now, Azure or Microsoft has a data pipeline tool called Microsoft Data Factory. And what it allows you to do is it allows you without much code to be able to build a data pipeline and pull data from one source and put it into another source. And that's how they decided to build a very low code kind of solution so that you could build a pipeline that cuts out the time of the manual the manual process. And likewise, AWS has the same thing. AWS has a series of tools um, that use triggers um, with lambdas or uses other processes to build out a data pipeline. And so if you're working with a robust platform like that, then they will provide solutions for those data pipeline issues. But there are pretty much three things you need to develop a data pipeline. The first is you need to know the source of where you're pulling the data. If it's being pulled manually, then you need to know how you can pull it through in an API or access that data. The second thing is the destination. Where are you going to put that data and where can it be placed where it can be best used by those in your organization? And so when you have the start and end point, all you need in the middle is a data pipeline to connect the source of the original data in where you want to store it. Once you have those two ironed out, the source and where you want to store it, then you can begin to build a data pipeline that accesses the source through the credentials and through the ways that that the source needs to be accessed. And then you can send it over or build a way to send it over to your storage. And I say storage place because there's many ways you can store the data. Many, many people like to store it in what they call a lake, which is essentially a conglomeration of many different kinds of files and or tables that sit in, in what they call a lake. Azure has one. Uh, Azure has one. It's just called the data lake, and so does AWS. And many other organizations use the term data lake to mean just a conglomeration or a bucket full of many different things that you can store in that bucket. Now, if you don't want to put it in a lake, for example, then you can pipe it straight over to a database and put it into a database format that allows you to access data for reporting. And tools like Excel or better visualization tools like Power BI or Tableau can automatically access data from a database a lot easier than a lake. It's possible to grab things from a lake, but typically a database is the standard solution for accessing tabular, like multi-column data. And so many visualization tools can handle millions and millions of rows of data, but Excel, even if you connect Excel with the database, which you can do, causes problems because Excel wasn't originally meant for that. So anyway, once you understand that you can build a pipeline on top of your cloud computing, then you have to decide on what you want that storage to be. Do you want it to be a lake? Do you want it to be a database? Do you want it to be a data warehouse, etc.? So that storage in storage really, really matters. But the source also matters too. And usually if you're pulling it manually, wherever you're pulling it from means that, that you can most likely pull it from an API or you could pull it from a database that that other organization has internally. And the best place to start for understanding that is 
if you are working with a specific organization to grab that data, then ask them if they have any documentation that automates it, their data. And usually they'll say yes, and usually you can find a way to access that data given certain parameters or given your rights and, and what you can do as a customer for that data. There have been many times when I've worked with clients where we wanted to access specific levels of data, but it wasn't allowed because of just because of security reasons and or because of of healthcare and regulatory reasons. And so when it comes to industries like healthcare that require a lot of security and it requires a lot of regulation in terms of what you can do with the data, then it is very, very important to understand the documentation and understand what kind of data you can pull down. And sometimes with those data sources, you can only pull it down manually, but not pull it down automatically. Or you could only pull down a subset of what you could pull down automatically from what you can manually. And that requires a conversation with the data provider to allow you to access the data you can in a way that that is best suited for both of you. Because ultimately, wherever you're accessing that data, they want you to have access to that data. And so I have had experiences to where it's, it's, it's like a fight. It's like the person who has the data or the organization who has the data doesn't want to give it up so easily. But you as an organization or you as a leader need that data and you need it as best as possible. And so it becomes an internal conflict where one person isn't willing or one organization isn't willing to give up the data and the other organization absolutely needs the data to make better decisions. And so when you have this, this animosity, then it's very, very difficult to build a relationship and, and grow that partnership. But it's also difficult because you as a leader can't grow and develop the tools that you need to make better decisions. And so you have to find a way to, to break down this animosity and the best way that I have found to do so is to just communicate what you're wanting to do with the data and why it's important and also explain or help them understand that it's in their best interest to provide you the data because you will be much better for their systems. You will be able to be more kind to them. You won't, you will be more self-sustaining or self-sufficient in being able to develop and access the data that you want. And so every time you need a new piece of data, you could potentially, through an API, grab that new piece of data that you need. And so instead of making it about animosity, it's about a partnership. Once you have a better formed partnership, then you can then cooperate in terms of how to get the data you need and how to get it in a cadence or in a regular inter interval that you need. So that's figuring out the data source. Now let's talk about the pipeline between the two. In the pipeline between the data source and where you're storing the data, the pipeline is actually very, very important because you can access the data from a pipeline in one way, but you want maybe you want to manipulate it on the way through to store it in your, in your database. And that's why it is important to have a data pipeline tool or a series of tools that manipulates and works with the data in the way that you want. So that when you take the source of data and you put it through the pipeline and transform it into a way that can be stored, then whoever accesses that stored data 
can simply access it, and then it's in the format that they need. And so the rows in the right place, the columns are in the right place, the data is cleaned automatically through the pipeline, and that's where the time savings happens. It's not only in pulling the manual data, but the data cleaning. And if your pipeline is robust enough to clean the data, that will save you 50% of the time. I promise you that the data cleanup is sometimes one of the most difficult things to do. But something like a data pipeline in tools like Amazon or AWS or tools built on Microsoft or Oracle or these kinds of things, they can help build a robust data pipeline that allows you to transform data and save an incredible amount of time. So that's what I would recommend. I can go further into the technical details of how it's done, but really it's tool specific. And many different tools are good at some things and not good at others. They have their strengths and they have their weaknesses, of course. And so the way that you can save time and money is to build a data pipeline that can automatically access data, can transform it in a way that's usable, and can deliver it and store it in a place that is usable to you, your team, and your organization. If you would like to hear more about different parts of analytics and different aspects of the technical pieces of analytics, feel free to reach out or share this podcast with others. You can always follow us on LinkedIn at LinkedIn slash companies slash Arcos Analytics or on Twitter at Arcos Analytics. Thanks, and we will talk to you next time.